Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp, Fightful.com, FightfulMMA.com. It's been a while since we've come at you with an MMA show because, quite frankly, it's been a bit dead. Really, about since our regular YouTube channel got killed, it's just been such a dead period in MMA. You know, we had Fedor Rampage, but that does that even count? But this weekend, we finally have a big MMA fight, Conor McGregor. Donald Cerrone, 170 pounds. We're going to break that down. We're going to talk about that. This is not a strong card. This is not a great card. There are some okay fighters on this show. I'm going to break that down here in a little bit. But, man, the the one that brought you here is Conor McGregor and Donald Cerrone. So let's run through the prelim card very quickly. Sabina Mazo, 7-1, taking on J.J. Aldrich, 8-3. This is a, an underrated Flyweight fight in the women's division. I think J.J. Aldrich is going to end up pulling it out. Uh, I, I like her upside a lot. I like Sabina's upside as well. You have Brian Kelleher who looked like he was going to end up being something uh, pretty good in this division. And he's had a rough go of it. I mean a real rough go of it. In 2018, he lost to Lineker. Uh, he had Domingo Pilarte pull out of their fight. Then he got sick when he was supposed to fight Montel Jackson. Then when they did fight... A month later, he lost. Then he was supposed to fight Mitch Gagnon earlier uh, last year. He uh, Kelleher got hurt again. So now he's facing Ode Osborne. And uh, I think Kelleher is going to get a win. I think they want to do something good for him. And I do think he'll pick up that victory. Former title challenger Tim Elliott taking on Askar Askarov. Now, uh, Tim Elliott will be known as an Ultimate Fighter winner and... A former title challenger, but I, I like Askar Askarov here. The, the betting odds are at minus 120. I like where that is for Askar Askarov because he is facing a more experienced fighter. Uh, the previous fights, by the way, Ode Osborne is a minus 140 favorite over the plus 120 Brian Kelleher. And J.J. Aldrich is minus 115. Sabina Mazo a minus 105. So all three of these early on are very close fights. Really the first four fights, very close as it pertains to betting odds. I like Askarov here. 
I he's he's got a lot of upside too. This could be a guy that we see face off for the flyweight title in the future. And I'm still very confused about what the UFC is doing with that flyweight title because Cejudo isn't going to be champion anymore. He's no longer going to be champion. So you got rid of Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson. He's in one right now. I guess you could try to bring him back when his contract's up. I don't know. But <clears throat> you're developing contenders for truly a dead division. Benavidez should have fought Cejudo. That should have happened, and it's embarrassing that it's not. And for a guy like Cejudo, who has accomplished all he's accomplished, to actively not try to fight Benavidez again, it's it's embarrassing to the title. It's embarrassing to the division, the lineage of the belt, all that stuff. It had one of the most solid lineages in the history of any UFC title. It wasn't vacated or anything like that. It was competed uh, among the, the top-level talent in that division, in that division, and held by one guy for a long time until Cejudo took it, and then Cejudo treated it like trash while he was trying to become 135-pound champion. Whatever, man. Whatever. I see Askarov probably picking up the win. He had a draw against Brandon Moreno last time, but that those are two pretty high-level fights for him. Justin Ledette against Alexa Kammer. Now, uh, Ledette is a plus 100 favorite, or a plus, plus 100 underdog. Kammer a minus 120 uh, favorite. And see, the thing is, Ledette is so much more experienced. But Alexa is coming out of here with, with some hype. He has finished a lot of fights uh, very quickly. And his last fight wasn't as quickly that contender series performance that we saw against Fabio back in July. But you know that the UFC loves to treat their contender series projects very well. He was good as an amateur. I remember the guy as an amateur in like 2014, 2015 as well, doing really well. And the pace has been slow. He's not one of those guys that you're going to see fight three or four times a year. He fights a couple times a year, gets his wins, moves on. And his career trajectory has led him to this UFC fight, and I think he's going to win it. And I think he's probably, if if he can't get a first-round finish, I think it'll go to a decision. Nazrat Hakparast, a minus 325 favorite over the plus 265, Drew Dober. Drew Dober still around. It feels like he's been in the UFC much longer than he actually has. Drew Dober's only been around for like the last, I don't know, six years. But it feels like he's been around for like 10 years because he was in tough against Aaron Crookshank and all that. Uh, Drew Dober is better than anybody ever gives him credit for. He's won four of his last five. But the thing is, Hack Parast is looking really good. Uh, he's he's beaten Joaquin Silva, Goatee, and Jacasey. Um and, and the thing is, he had those three intro fights the UFC where he didn't impress that much. Then he fought Silva and knocked him out with that overhand and I think we're going to see more of that. I don't know if he'll get the finish because Drew Dober's real tough. But I've seen crazier things happen in this world. We have Andre Feely against Sodik Youssef. Uh, Feely is a plus 110. Youssef is a minus 130. I like Youssef here. Uh, Andre Feely is one of those guys that's going to bring you a fight. No matter, no matter who it is, he's got the chance of bringing a fight. And he's a 29-year-old, is is Feely, who's been in the UFC for most of his career. He spent three years outside the UFC and has spent six years in the UFC. 
He's won four of his last five. He's not one of those guys that's alternating wins and losses anymore. But he's running into Sodiq Youssef, who the UFC thinks a lot of. And again, another contender series project that has shown his ability to finish in the first round or his ability to ride out a decision. I think that Youssef has more dangerous tools here, and that's saying something considering it's Andre Feely. Because Andre Feely is well-versed with those uh, th- those tools as well. So I, I just feel like Youssef is is better equipped to win this. Chaskelly, my, our plus 225 underdog against the minus 265 Grant Dawson. Though uh, I do not see this on the Tapology listing as of now. I'm filming this a little bit ahead of time. But we have a... <laughs> Boy, is this an interesting one. Oh, man. Macy Barber, who is a minus 900 favorite against the plus 600 Roxanne Modafferi. Now, here's the thing. I got Macy Barber winning this and pretty easily. But at that rate, I got to put five on Roxanne Modafferi. A lot of her experience isn't necessarily good experience. But she's... She's a woman who should have been out of the UFC and out of MMA in 2013. When she lost to Raquel Pennington, I thought, okay, maybe they can get her a nice office job or something like that because she was not equipped to be an MMA fighter, a pro MMA fighter. And she went right back to the drawing board. She took about 10 months off, she being Roxanne. She changed her life at Syndicate MMA. Roxanne Modafferi proved me wrong. She changed her life at Syndicate. And she ended up winning eight of her next ten fights, if you include the Ultimate Fighter. And now she's in the UFC and she's gotten wins. Okay, if you include the Ultimate Fighter, she's gotten wins in the UFC each of the last three years. So she belongs in the UFC. It's just Macy Barber is a prospect that they think a lot of and... You know, another contender series girl and one that's been finishing fights and one that comes to fight and is going to be one that they push. I get the feeling that Macy Barber will probably win this in the first or second round, but I think that Roxanne Monteferi does present some experience challenges that maybe Macy isn't going to be used to. But man, at plus 600, yeah, let's go ahead and jump on that. Sure. Anthony Showtime Pettis, a plus 190 against the minus 230 Diego Ferreira. I got Ferreira winning this. I mean, every time Anthony Pettis lands a smooth combo, you hear the announcers go, up. Oh, Showtime is back! Well, Showtime is back, and he's facing a guy that's won five fights in a row and hasn't lost in almost five years. Now, the people that, that Ferreira's beaten are uh, <clears throat> Aubin Mercier, and early, early Aubin Mercier, he beat Kyle Nelson. Kyle Nelson looked good at that point. Jared Gordon looked really good at that point when, when he beat him. Rustam Habilov and Marbek Tysimov. These are all decent fights, but this is such a major step up in name value for Diego Ferreira. And it's time. The guy's, the guy will be 35. He's got to make his move now. Anthony Pettis, after all he's been through, is two years younger than this guy. He'll be 33 later this month. And the thing is, we, we've seen 
Pettis win fights in different divisions all throughout the last several years. Uh, I mean, last time he didn't get a win was 2015, and he's been inconsistent all around. He has not put together a two-fight winning streak since he held that championship. And uh, the thing is, since outside of that losing streak when he lost the title, he's not experienced one either, but... I look at Diego Ferreira and I see him press forward a lot more. Uh, you, you would like to see that out of Anthony Pettis at the very least. I think Anthony Pettis needs to have an exciting fight. I think he needs to have a fight that makes people say, all right, it's, it's, uh, maybe not his time anymore, but it, it's still our time to watch him fight. I'm still interested in watching this guy fight. He needs a fight like that. And, you know, him facing Nate Diaz, that, that was a great fight, but when, and that, that followed the, the Stephen Thompson fight, and that followed the Tony Ferguson fight, it's like he, he keeps having these great fights, but when he stops having those great fights, or great performances, that's when people are going to say, oh, well, it's not that he's brittle or inconsistent. It's that we don't want to watch him fight. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Anymore. And Anthony Pettis, I think, is in this position where he has to have those type of fights. And fortunately for him, he has. That's that's the great thing. Like he he's winning fighter of the night, or he's winning. That's just the way that it goes. I think maybe the last time that didn't happen, where he didn't get like some outstanding performance or or fight of the night, was Jim Miller. But I think Diego Ferreira is probably going to beat him here. Claudia Gadelia, a minus 105. Alexa Grasso, a minus 115. Alexa Grasso looks like she has put it together, man. Or at least she did against Carolina Kavokovic until she ran into Carla Esparza, right? Well, the thing is, Claudia Gadelia is also really inconsistent. I mean, losing Nina Ansaroff and she, she came back with the win against Randa Marcos. Thing is, I'm not expecting this to be a great fight. I'm really not. Alexa Grosso does not have a finish win in the UFC. Last time she finished somebody in a win was 2014 in Invicta. Claudia Gedalia, I think one, maybe one finish win in, in the UFC. I would have put this, I would have swapped this with the Macy Barber fight. But I get it. Gedalia's competed for the title and all that. I'm leaning a little bit towards Gedalia here. 
Because I look at Gedalia's tools and I'm like, all right, she's got better tools than, than Esparza, but can she implement them? Can she execute them? That's the thing that we got to see. Maurice Green, a minus 135 against the plus 115 Alexi Alenik. Now, here's the thing about Maurice Green. He's an 8-3 and three heavyweight taking on a guy in Alexi Alenik who has fought over 70 times and is deep into his 40s. Maurice Green isn't like young or anything. He's been fighting for a decade. He's fought varying degrees of experience. But we've seen him tapped out to in the first round to Juan Espino. We've seen him tap people out in the first round, like Mikel Batista, who was a 4-0 guy who shouldn't have been fighting on the damn show. It's hard for me to believe that Alexi Olenek cannot submit Maurice Green. And Maurice Green went into that fight with, with Sergey Pavlovich with, with a lot of hype around him, or some hype around him, rather. Not a lot, but some. I feel like Alexi Olenek is crafty enough to get this done. And I like him at plus 115. I really like him at that spot. So I'm going to have to go with Alexi Olenek, and I think he's going to get it by submission. And I think he'll probably get it either by an Ezekiel choke or a rear naked choke. Uh, I feel like he's going to choke out Maurice Green. I think that's that's the, the path that we're, we're going down. Co-main event, Raquel Pennington, Holly Holm. This is a rematch from their 2015 fight. Saw Holly Holm win. Now back then, Pennington was a plus 450. She was a heavy underdog. Now she's a plus 120. Time has been much kinder to Raquel Pennington in the, the eyes of the betters. But here's the thing. She went on that hot run, and since she came back, it ain't been great. She uh, beat Andrade and Correa and Phillips and Misha Tate, and that's really good. But then she took a year and a half off. It, it was it was tough. And then she got that title fight with Amanda Nunes, and it didn't work. She got to follow that up with another high-level name in Jermaine Durandamy, and it didn't work. She was able to get by Irene Aldana, but Irene Aldana is so much different than Holly Holm. I like Holly Holm here. Now, I know what a lot of people will say. Two wins since 2016. She should have beat Jermaine Durand to me. She should have had that fight. Eh. I think she, I think she's gonna outstrike Pennington. I don't know if Pennington can take this to the ground. But I, I, I'm pretty sure that Holly Holm can keep this on the feet. Holly Holm, 38 years old. She has not been the same since winning the championship. Her, her whole blueprint, I've said this before. Go back and watch her early fights. Watch her fights all around the world. You can tell that she was being prepared for years, from 2013 to 2014, to face Ronda Rousey. She would not engage in a clinch. And because if you're fighting Ronda Rousey, you do not want to engage in a clinch. You get your underhooks in, you push off, you get, you get the hell away. That's how Holly Holm fought. So then when she stepped up and she fought Misha Tate and Valentina Shevchenko and even Jermaine Durandamy and Chris Cyborg and Amanda Nunes, the thing that she had used as her very foundation outside of her outstanding boxing and kickboxing didn't necessarily translate to everybody else. It translated to Ronda Rousey, and that, that works really well. Because I think that some of the people that have competed near the top of 135 would have still gotten beat by Rousey after that. But I, 
Holly Holm had the right game plan, and it's a matter of adjusting that. Now, she had the right game plan to beat Raquel Pennington as well. But Raquel Pennington was figuring that out even five years ago. So now we look at it five years later. What adjustments has Raquel Pennington made? And has Holly Holm improved enough to be able to stave that off? I think she has. I think she has. Conor McGregor returns against Donald Cerrone. My God, pal. My God. A reminder, we will be live with a post show after UFC 246. But hey, if you are in Tampa in April, WrestleMania week, April 2nd to be precise, the Coppertail Brewery, Thursday, 4 p.m., Sean Ross Sapp served tall, presented by Primetime Pro Wrestling. You're going to have a lot of great matches there for you. A nice WrestleMania week pro wrestling event. Go check it out. Primetime Pro Wrestling presents Sean Ross Sapp served tall. And hey, if you want to support what we're doing on the pro wrestling side of things, subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. We've got a lot of exclusive news, podcasts, things like that. Help support what we're doing here uh, in the wake of our of our death on YouTube. We're still working on that. I'm very heartbroken about it. But Conor McGregor, Donald Cerrone, 170 pounds. Now, this is quite puzzling to me. Uh, you know, Conor can be really stubborn. He can be really stubborn. He told Hawani that on the Friday, uh, basically eight days before the show, he was 160-ish pounds. Now, I don't know how realistic that is, but he says that. This fight should have been at 155, and he says that he, he believed that Donald Cerrone was drawn out at 155 and didn't want to fight a guy that way. Says that he could beat Donald Cerrone with the flu. Well, betters have Conor McGregor at a minus 330, Donald Cerrone at a plus 270. Damn, man. I got, you know, I would have to put five on Donald Cerrone there. I think Conor's going to win, but uh, Donald hasn't won his last two fights. That's the thing. Conor McGregor is returning against a Donald Cerrone who, despite winning two fights in 2019, lost his last two fights. And ultimately, I think it's a smart idea because this is still a good fight. It's still a pay-per-view main event fight. Conor McGregor against a mop is a main event fight. Now, the thing with Conor McGregor is his stance and angles are so... They're revolutionary for MMA, and the angles of the cage really benefit him. But they would not work in boxing, and that's why we saw a different Conor McGregor as it pertained to his one boxing fight. We didn't see him necessarily fighting the way that he does as a striker in MMA. And... That's one of the reasons why you can't say, oh, well, MMA striking is bad, or boxers never knock out anybody. It's so much different. It's so categorically different. But he is able to play that to his advantage, and especially as a southpaw, he's able to use those angles and cut off certain ways and uh, use excellent footwork to do that. We saw him stuff a few takedowns against Habib Nurmagomedov. In my opinion, if he's able to stuff any takedowns against Habib, He'll be able to stuff the ones from Donald Cerrone, which are a little bit different. He puts his head on the opposite side. He comes in at a at a high angle with his his left arm usually, uh, taps the the leg with the right arm, and he puts all of his weight down on people, drags them down. He's got a good submission game too. Donald Cerrone's submission game is fantastic. It is so underrated because, quite frankly, he just doesn't tap out guys. But we've seen it happen. We saw it happen against Alex Oliveira. 
We saw it happen against Evan Dunham. Those are good fighters, man. Dennis Seaver, good fighters. Chris Hordecki, Paul Kelly, he, he just likes to strike. And the thing is about Donald Cerrone is he's able to put you off balance. We all remember the Rick Story combo from 2016, one of the greatest combos in MMA history, where Cerrone went left, left high, right to the body, left again, and that put Rick Story's face right into his shin. Now, Donald Cerrone is, I would, I would argue, maybe the best at setting up head kicks with combinations in MMA and one of the best in history at a high level. Of course, you got Mirko Krokop, but sometimes he would just throw those raw and his, his legs had such a reputation that it would create the openings for him. Donald Cerrone is excellent at taking you off balance with all that stuff. And the thing is, a lot of people are looking at, at reach and all that and they're saying, well, Donald Cerrone is four inches taller than Conor McGregor. The reach doesn't benefit Donald Cerrone in that regard. Cerrone actually has a one inch reach disadvantage. And like I said, he's been wrapped on the head a few times. He, he had tough losses to Justin Gaethje. First round. He had a tough loss to Tony Ferguson. He had a tough loss to Leon Edwards the year before. He got racked by Darren Teal before that. Two years ago, we were talking about, is Donald Cerrone done here? But the thing is, we've been talking about, is Conor McGregor done here for about the same amount of time? He doesn't have a win of any kind in three years. We don't know what Conor McGregor's showing up. We don't know. I'm interested. I want to see this. I'm ready for this main event. Conor McGregor, Donald Cerrone. I got Conor McGregor winning. Uh, I think it'll go to a decision. I think it'll go to a decision, which is crazy, but I really do. Fightful.com, FightfulMMA.com. We have lots of, of live coverage over there. Come on, join the fun. Make your predictions. Talk with other MMA fans. Until next time, guys, we're out.